Good morning, Nick. Good morning, Ferris. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing. So why don't, why don't you explain to people why we're here? We are here to do some studying of the Bible, but there's three of us at the moment. One ain't here today, and we are technically from different denominations. And we're mm -hmm. all going to read to understand it together from our own points. That is correct. And if and when anybody I... watches this, if they do, they can chime in as well. So the plan here is, um, as you can see on your screen, um, we're, we're screen sharing the first chapter of Revelation by St. John the Divine. Mm-hmm. And what we'll do is just we'll just uh, do a little playing of each each scripture and just listen and and if we wanted to say something want to say something about it uh, me and Nick are going to stop it and he says hey hold on a minute I'll stop it and, you know we'll see where it goes and discuss and see how long it lasts it may be ten minutes it may be thirty minutes we don't know that's the joy about studying your scriptures you don't put a time frame on it right. you just don't do that you just allow enough time to. Let it soak in and be confused and let it soak in again and be confused again. Because <laughs> that's how the Bible's written. Kind of confusing unless you've got the Spirit with you. So, it's a mystery. Bring your Holy Ghost while you're watching, listening, and maybe it'll sink in better than it will for us. But uh, here we go. You got any questions, comments, Nick? No, but I will say we should do that thing where we take a moment of silence to do our own little ask for the Holy Spirit to enter us to help understand what we're reading. Absolutely. So let's just take a second. All right. Amen. Amen. All right. Without further ado, here we go. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be unto you. And I'll back it the up. revelation of St. John the Divine. Chapter 1. Christ chooses some as kings and priests unto God. Christ will come again. John sees the risen Lord. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you, and peace, from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion for ever and ever. 
Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, Amen. Nick, how do you think you're going to feel when you see the Savior in the sky? I don't know, man. I kind of feel like I'm going to be, like, super excited, but it's it's said that, like, you actually end up being, what did I see the other day where even just seeing an angel, like, when people see angels, they get scared. Like, think about through the Bible. When, uh, who was it, man? I can't remember everybody's name. Jacob? No. One of them that was riding a donkey, and they came upon an angel of the Lord, and they feared him. They were scared. And through the Bible, every time somebody comes in, Mary was visited by Gabriel, and she was scared. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So kind of like, it's hard. I think when you see it, and it's now it is like 100%, you can't say no to this. It's going to be like, I I think there'll be excitement but fear for a second, because it's like, okay, well, what's happening then? Well, I think we all know nobody is without sin, but there are probably a handful of people on the planet living today that have the minimal amount of sin. Like they're really good people, right? They 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 do what they're supposed to every minute of the day, um, for the most part. And do, do you think that person with that type of life, uh, godly life, would feel as much fear? And is it based on how ashamed you are? I think as humans, with being sinful people, I don't care how perfect you are. I think. At least the majority, I think everybody's going to have that moment where they're like, hmm, did I? You're going to rethink. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yep. Because honestly, now you're talking, are you talking technically like through God, he knows that this person lived perfectly? Are you talking that they believe they lived perfectly? Well, to believe that you didn't make a mistake when you really did is is kind of, to me, a form of vanity. Like you're... Mm-hmm. You're, and that itself is a sin. So, well, that's how the fear no, th- were. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of people that actually did have done a, a phenomenal job of living Christ-like, <laughs> you know. And yeah, they've made mistakes and they've sinned. We all do, but uh, there are to determine that as humans, we have to be judgmental and we don't want to, but realistically we know there are some out there that are very sinful and then some that are less so right they're they're Mm -hmm. just different aspects to everybody's life so as a sinner myself if i'm standing out my front yard and the second coming commences and i see jesus in the clouds and i i'm gonna be ashamed i'm going to like you said remember all the things and say i'm not ready I didn't do what I was supposed to. Yeah. I, I hold on, let me get a mulligan kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of what I'm asking. How many people up to that moment that said, "Nah, that is, there's no way," and they're fighting it? That that's not. What are they going to think when they go? Oh, wait a minute. Time's up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know. But going back to your question, just real quick about the people who lived perfectly, how they, I feel like. If you think about what the, when they, I always go back to how they felt about the Pharisees because technically they tried to live by God and they felt, you know, they were boastful about it. Like we're, we're the ones who do it right. Even if you lived exactly the way you were supposed to through Jesus Christ and through God, once you actually see Jesus, if you're like, well, I got it made, I'm, you know, that's, 
to me, that's being, that's not humble, right? You're being a little arrogant. And yeah, I think the word that, of God is definitely for the, for the humble of heart. So who's to say, through what I know so far and what I've read, if you, no matter how perfect you live, if all of a sudden he comes and you act like that, that's not a strike against you, right? Because you're supposed to be humble no matter what. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Hey, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's a. I don't know. I. I, I think. I think in that moment, every person. It, the way they say that everyone will, every eye shall see him. And also, which pierced him. I think what to me that's meaning nobody is going to be without shame. Nobody is going to look upon right. Christ and feel. Oh, I ain't got nothing to worry about. They're going to call my name. I'm going to, you know. Right. Well, let's put geez, it like I... this. Think about Jesus when he went. Even he wasn't like, yeah, you can kill me because I'm going straight up. You know, he didn't talk like that. No, Even... I think Jesus Jesus was wetful. He wept. Yeah. You know, he, he wept for, for our sins and what he was having to do. So. Even he, I don't know that he felt shame, but he was definitely humble. Yeah, very humble. He was humbled at the task that he was over, over that he was taking. And, and, and I think, I honestly feel like he felt every wrongdoing up to that point and, and beyond what was going to, I mean, that's a mass, massive. Man. You can't even fathom. I mean, we were just talking about earlier before we hit record, you know, how many, how many births are estimated to have happened since Adam and Eve. And there was some number like 80 billion or something like that, but. You could you could debate that all day long, but can you imagine? It's hard to fathom that number and how many spirits have hit the planet and died and they're still here, let alone everybody's sins combined with that. Oh, man. I mean, how many sins do we make in a lifetime? I'm not willing to count it out loud on here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, just it's think just, about it's how. Crazy. Unless you're just one of those cold people, but some of us, if you think about your own sins, how you feel, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just yours. And this guy's gonna feel everybody's. It's crazy, man. It's let's crazy. get back at it. Yeah, let's go. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, and which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos, for the word of God, and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice, as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Theatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Philadelphia got that message, man. Oh, man. Hey, like that. <laughs> well, you heard how those are pronounced now. Yeah, I won't be able to do it again, but that's pretty <laughs> cool, though. That's cool. I wonder how you said it. By pigeon? I'm just kidding. We'll keep going. <laughs> And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle, 
His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive for evermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Hmm. That's chapter 1. Any thoughts? First thought I have is, it's crazy how when John's writing this, the way he's interpreting, like the way he explained how the first candlestick looked like the Son of God and his feet are brass and all that. It's like, how do you envision that? I think it was a, a the poetic side of John trying to, you know, we, had it been somebody else, it had been written slightly different, right? Oh, um, but still with the same same point to be made, I guess, um, which is, you know, he is who he is, right? It is, um, it's the same message no matter what. Uh, it's interesting, you know, we've we've covered to get away from doctrine a little bit, we've covered some stories in the past on the podcast and interpreted them the way that we collectively, after we've discussed it, kind of agreed that it meant, you know, um, whether it was a news story or an article or something like that. (laughs) And that, that goes back to free agency. So he had, I think he had a little bit of free agency to write it in his own words, but the point was, was because of divine intervention, right? The message was there. Right. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's his. That was his way of of describing. I mean, I must admit, reading the Bible, and I know a lot of people this way too. That choice of description, uh, or style of descriptive wording, verbiage, can be lost, can lose people rather, um, in a confusion of the words themselves. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so important that you have to have the Spirit with you to help interpret that through the heart you know to kind of understand um what it's saying um and we all have that power we all have that ability to be helped to be assisted with the words to understand them and how it connects with our own lives right that's the key you know everybody's life is different so how does that connect with you versus how it connects with me well only we know that but the point is that it connects that it that it that it clicks right and you get out get that gospel out of it to build that belief. So 
and every every chapter of every book in, in the whole entire Bible is laid out the same way. So it can be difficult, though. What do y'all think about chapter one? Leave in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. What do you say? You want to move on to chapter two? Yeah, right. So basically, so scroll back up to the top of this just okay. real quick. All the way? Yeah, and read to the top. So it's. I'm not seeing where it's. So John sees the risen Lord. So Jesus is the one who tells him all this, right? Tells him. Be sure you to write down all that you see. Because halfway down, I don't know. I get confused. What I'm hearing is something came. Behold, the cometh cloud, and he. I think I'm losing half of what we first read. What's your what's your point? And I'll try to find it. I'm trying to figure out how he came to being told to write down everything he witnesses, because it seems like technically Jesus did it. But then partway down, when he sees the candles, and then the one looks like Jesus, and then it, you know, what I'm saying, right. So in in verse three, there, it's basically Jesus saying, you know, blessed is he that read it. So. In order for us to be blessed, John has the job to write down everything he sees, and then those after him. That's right. the only way that he can get that to to us, right? Without that, this record, we wouldn't have gotten it. It would have been lost on us. So that's that's the first part of it. And then you're talking about let's see. Verse eleven. Uh, what thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches. In other words, you know, spreading the word, right? right. Um, to what was, I'm assuming at the time, the most important ge geographical locations to maximize that exposure. That's the way I read it. All right, yeah, and then on 12 it says, And I turned to see of the voice that spake with me, and being turned I saw seven golden candlesticks. In the midst of the seven, one looked like the Son of Man. So I guess Jesus started talking to him, but then that far into is when he turned and seen what the voice was talking to him. And that's okay. It does. I mean, yeah, that does get a little bit um, imagery. What's the right word? Imagery. A lot of imagery in there. Um, again, I think it's just the way that John is describing what he's seeing. It does add a mystique to the way that uh, a divine entity like Jesus conveys a message to man, John being man, and how man perceives that. I think it, it, it's meant to back up how we as man or humans cannot fathom the reasoning behind the delivery, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's an impactful thing. We are we are meant to have an impact, to receive an impact, so it's memorable. 
we're not built to remember everything. Lord knows, <laughs> you know, oh, we forget well, and it's something because, that impactful. This is only the second time that I would have read this. And the first time I read any of Revelations was through that Bible study. So it wasn't technically reading the whole thing. Right. Me too. Y'all, by the way, it, I think it's worth mentioning, Nick, that we're, we both are, are fairly new to Revelation. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, we're not the best scholars of the Bible by any means. Right, so uh, we're kind so of we're, coming we're, down to yes, being like the average person doing a Bible study instead of what you're used to, where it's people who are theologians and all that, where they know already. Right, so be kind in the comments if you watch, because we're we're taking this as if we've never seen it, um, right. and we 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 have we've read, skimmed through it. We I know about some Revelation, of course. I know about the Bible. I, I was raised Christian, all that, but unfortunately, I have not really given its due diligence, and I admit that wholeheartedly so well what i remember you know, we, from when i read it is i remember angels speaking so that's why i thought an angel told him to do all this but from when i'm reading in this first chapter jesus was speaking to him absolutely well let's remember you know they lived at the same time right so this is this is jesus giving him a one-on-one a -on -one lesson <laughs> if you will right so now I'm i mean up. that's what i wanted to make you sure. imagine there they're cross-legged sitting on a sandy floor of a, of a mud hut, you know, in wherever they're at. I don't know where they're at, but I guess Jerusalem, maybe. Or wherever I don't know. I um, where he was at when he did this. I don't know. I, it, be, so if you know, answer that question, but in the comments, we'd like to, we, we want to learn. Okay. So if you mm -hmm. know, if you're a way we more better at things, yeah, just give us a, We'll go back and we definitely read these things because Nick has no life and he keeps his comment alert thing on. He knows exactly what people come in on. So, and he'll let me know and all that. So, yeah, I mean, this, that's what this is all about. We're, we're not, like Nick had said when we first opened this, this session, we're from different religious walks of life, mm -hmm. uh, doctrinal walks of life. Not we're, we're all Christian. But, and what we want to do with this is try to get a, a, a dumbed down origin of belief and say, you know, let's, let's talk about it. Let's, even though we were taught certain things growing up, there seems to be this huge disconnect between doctrines all within the same religion. And it's sad. It yeah. really is. Yeah. I think the point of Christianity is come together and we, with the world, the way it is now, this is why we chose revelation by the way, first, instead of Genesis. Um, and we'll cover it, hopefully, the entire book at one point. But we're just we're, we wanted to see we're curious to know what other sideline rabbit hole beliefs differ from the ones that we believe the way that we believe and kind of come to a common ground. And say, OK, well, that makes sense. That's yeah. interesting. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I've always been a believer of. More information is better, more knowledge about even the opposition is better than not because if you don't do that if you don't explore everything much like like the media today or um just regular working with people at your job if you don't have that diversity in your your education when it comes to different things about life you live in this tunnel and you miss out on some joys and some experiences and opportunities where you weren't allowed that free agency to choose right and that's what we're trying to do i feel like well, you think, like you mentioned, with where we are today, there's so much division to begin with. 
and we all know Christians are one of the main attacked people and persecuted. We kind of need to not fight amongst each other at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, and, and that's not that's not to say we're the only uh, persecuted religion. There are no, many there's Muslims, that, but... Buddhists. There's yeah. I mean, it's definitely. I think it's because Christianity was the quick, the fastest growing religion since a certain time period. You know, the squeaky wheel is going to get the grease, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're making that headway, then opposition is going to come in and say, whoa, wait a minute, you're wrong. Let me tell you why, you know? Oh, yeah, you know, and that's going to hear it because they're going to bring up, I don't know, maybe they'll bring up pagans. But you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Sorry, y'all. I'm trying to move Nick around on my little screen. He's always covering up what I'm trying to tap on. So it's always in the way. Always in the way. Right. Chapter two. See? In the way. Chapter two. He who overcomes will gain eternal life, avoid the second death, inherit the celestial kingdom, and rule many kingdoms. Right, Unto the right angel there. of the church of... That's interesting, because when I read, I didn't read that that little bit that it reads first, whatever that is. When I was doing mm -hmm. it, I didn't read nothing like that. And well, well, remember this. we were talking about chapter three, the chapter three uh, synopsis earlier before we got into this, this recording? Yeah. It, it said something about being godlike or yeah. godly. So anyway, go ahead. What I found it interesting is saying avoid the second death. There's something I don't recall over here. What's the second death? I think that means judgment day. And I may be wrong. I think that means like death being that you can't return to Heavenly Father because okay, you were so too sinful. You got people who died today, but then when the judgment mm -hmm. day comes, then that's mm -hmm. okay. I think I, I, that's the way that, because I mean, I mean, that makes more sense because otherwise. Process of like, elimination would mean that, you know, you. You start out in, in heaven. You're born, okay. You don't die and go to go to earth. You just you're born, right. and then you die a, a mortal life, and then whatever, depending on what you believe after that, you're waiting. You go to heaven or whatever. You you end up. Everybody has to face judgment day. So if you are judged unworthy, then you in essence you die again. You go to hell, right? So, right. That's kind of how I look at it. Maybe that's... Well, let's go through the chapter. Maybe it'll shed some light on it. Sounds like a plan. This is right. These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, 
that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works, and tribulation, and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews, and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold the devil's... Verse 9, is that, is that talking to false doctrines? Is that the way I'm... I know, I know they works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know that I know the blasphemy of them, which they say are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Am I reading that wrong? Is that kind of what he's saying? He's like, you know, beware of false uh, gospels, I guess. Kind of sounds like it. I mean, again, if y'all got an explanation, we could dive into it. Uh, we know what blasphemy is highlighted there to click on something, you know, a farther rabbit hole there. But I think we know what that means. It's just I'm I'm wondering if that's, you know, saying that Jesus knows this, and now so so we should know that too. We should be aware. It's a warning of saying, you know, follow your heart and and stick with the the job at hand. Stick with the um, oh, how did it say it? Hold on. Back up here. Uh, da, 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 da. The first works. Know what has said it? I think so. Yeah. Oh, I go back up to one because it starts off reading the same way as nine. Was well, no two. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and has found them liars and then when you go to nine he says it again but then he's calling them out is so it's like he's saying he knows the good ones and the bad ones yeah which obviously he does yep yeah he knows that he's wanting us. I think he's wanting us because ultimately this this is getting to us, right? right? Through the seven, whatever they call it. Y'all, I don't have a great memory, but y'all know what I'm saying. So it's, it's his way of saying, I know it. Y'all need to be aware of it. You know, be aware that there's there's only one true path. You know. So anyway. Right. I'll cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he, which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. And thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, 
even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. And unto the angel of the church in Theatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Theatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden. But that which ye have already, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh, and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Hmm. What do you think about that? He's getting pretty forceful, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I remember, though, Jezebel, and I'm, I want to know who she is. What, what, is, what is that representing? Is it representing an actual Jezebel, or is that a reference to, like, a nation? You know what I'm saying? I think it's the latter. I think it's a... I mean, it might have been a certain person, but in all things biblical, the lessons involved are um, uh, generic, uh, general in general, you know, across the board for us mm -hmm. to recognize. Like I said, we take out of these scriptures what we connect with, right? How we connect with it. 
So it, it appeals to your conscience. So if you have committed adultery or fornication without marriage, things like that, any any Jezebel could exist in your life, right? Right. Um, but I think I think it's also specific to the conversation that they're having during this original writing, you know, that teaching from Jesus to John. Is it, I mean, here's an off wall thing. I was kind of thinking when I read it, is it saying that Jesus is calling out John because he, he had sex with some woman the day before he knew about it? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> probably not, but like, I know what you did, you know, I'm telling you right now, you better quit. I don't think that's the way it is, but yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> what do y'all think? What do y'all, yeah. And just a little insight for, for y'all. We, we're not saying these because we actually know the answer and want to throw y'all out there and give us, we really don't know. We're, we're treating this like a couple of good old boys that are just dumb. And we, we, we don't have the insight. We don't have the history of of really studying in depth we're just we're trying to commit to read and that's the first part we may go back to revelations personally and read it again they're like well i don't really understand with this i gotta find out yeah i've already made a couple of mental notes yeah i want to know more about that whether it's because what nick said or what i said myself the, and it followed up with i don't know yeah i may go back and, and educate but it doesn't mean that we don't want to hear what y'all have to say too definitely what do you think want to cover one more I'm game for one more. All right. Chapter three. He who overcomes will retain his name in the book of life, reach Godhood, and be with Jesus as he is with the Father. So that statement, the reach Godhood, um, we spoke about this earlier, but I want to bring it back up just for listeners like now that i've seen it or now we've talked about it once i may be able to articulate it better so my doctrine that i raised was raised in there's a lot of i'm not going to say really belief but there's understanding that when we have earned our right our um, place in the afterlife and celestial kingdom or heaven whatever you want to call it we are, are given rewards right we are given knowledge which i think most doctrines believe and um, we're also given godlike responsibilities, furs, and privileges. I know there's a lot of people I've talked to that they can't fathom that. It's like, well, no one is like God. We can't be like God. We can't be God. God is the one and only. That is true right this moment, right? We are, we are his children. Right. We obey God. We're supposed to obey him. So we cannot be God. We don't know all, see all like he does. However, when we have earned that place at his side, right, amongst the however you want to perceive it, cloud, obviously we're, we're really laid back with our language also. You use whatever term you want to say, heaven, okay? When we're back with God in heaven, what's to say we haven't earned our right to further that free agency principle and create our own world or worlds and peoples and teach them the same thing that, our God has taught us. Right. It, it stated it in chapter thought. two as well. Well, another thing interesting quick is like, I'm looking back because we're doing this, but then I also got this 
crazy old 1885 Bible. Oh, no, Nick is not the only artifact on the planet anymore. <laughs> <Now there's two. laughs> so old. <laughs> but at each chapter, so you know at each chapter yours is saying that little thing. On mine, each chapter does have a thing at the top, but it's basically explaining what each chapter is saying. Like the first one's John's salutation to the seven churches, the coming of Christ, his glorious power and majesty. And it says what each, it's kind of like a quick, this is what this chapter is. That was chapter one in that book? Like So chapter three says what John was commanded to write to the angels of the churches of Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, however you say that. So it's interesting. It kind of gives you a quick what that chapter is. So I the, who the, wrote this stuff that you have, though, at the top. I mean, it could be it could be of of the doctrine that it's from, which is LDS. Right. Right. I mean, it, it, it's it's a summary of the chapter. Which, if I'm, not, I could be wrong, but I don't think the original Bible had those. I think it just went right into the verse, right? Right. So different doctrines take the time to interpret the the chapter and then write down what they what they want somebody who likes cliff notes to be able to read really quickly <laughs> and mm. maybe skip the chapter, which is not the point at all. Not at but all. But that's what tends to happen. So I will admit, you know, different opinions, if you will, interpretations can change how that summary is, is worded, obviously. Right. But it's interesting to point out. So when, if, you're, if you're watching us in this, keep in mind that we're we're teaching across the board, comparing how at least three different doctrines, uh, normally three, Mary's not here today, like Nick pointed out, but we will eventually um, kind of interpret each chapter, at least in the summary. There's not a whole lot of differences between the Bibles across the board because they're pretty word for word. I think there will be some pronouns and adjectives or whatever changed here and there, but for the most part, they say the same thing, if I understand correctly. Mm. Uh, it's all King James Version. So, right. Anyway, just wanted to point that out. But it's a good point. Appreciate it, Nick. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis, write. These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Thou hast a few names even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, 
He that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou art cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods. Is it just made, does it seem like, this seems very Shakespearean in the way it's written? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. and, and I know there are others out there that probably got Shakespearean literature in school. Um, I did to a point, but there was a lot that was confused. It wasn't until I actually saw a visual uh, interpretation of Shakespeare's work, like Romeo and Juliet or Macbeth or whatever, that I did that, that I could actually understand it a little better. You know, actually see people say it and act it out. Um, I bring this up only because I'm going to constantly remind people, only because it's my issue as well. Trying to understand what's being said is is difficult at times, um, and you're you're left trying to wander in eight different directions about what yeah. the point of it all is um and it's going to take repetition of the same chapters to really get it researched that's what studying means and if any time you know obviously we're going to stop ourselves and, and look something up we will just like you should i mean that's what it's about you can't just read i've i've tried to read genesis and other books in in the old testament and just read through them and like I'm reading a regular book that I understand in plain English, and it's difficult. It's not the same. It is not. Oh, yeah. You have to stop. But I will add to that that if I've, I've been finding this out since I've gotten into my readings, that if you think you can just go find the chapter in one verse and read it and understand it, no. Because there's people there, there who are, do that. There and are they some exceptions. They kind of, to an extent, but... There's a lot of people who will read just a verse and they're going, see, that's why I don't believe because of that. Right? It's like you got to read the whole chapter for that verse to make any sense. Right. Like, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I mean, that right. one pretty much speaks for itself. But yeah. like you're, you're, you're talking about 
take the whole context for what it's worth. Read the right. entire chapter, the entire book. I mean, um, it's difficult. It's it's not for it's not speed reading, you know. Yeah. It's you got to remember this this book, this gospel, took centuries to make, right. to create, to yeah. get to us in the form that we recognize it today. So why would it not make sense to take the ample time needed to really dive into it? Whether you're a Christian, whether you're a Muslim, Buddhist, atheist, agnostic. I mean, if you really want to know, then give it its due diligence and fair um, chance at you having the knowledge of that. Oh, definitely. Like, I can give test to that because when I'm doing my little plans, like there's one where... I read certain verses for five weeks or certain verses and it could take two months, whatever, but it's each night I'm reading and there's some chapters that every plan seems to keep doing these sets. So there's some chapters I've read probably 10 times now. And the more I read it, the more I go back over it and it makes more and more and more sense. Whereas when I first read, it, I was like, Hmm. It doesn't make you, less intelligent you know it, it just makes us human and our minds are so cluttered with modern issues and joys and right. you know it we have to I hate to sound like a uh, one that meditates away which meditation is good but yeah. you have to clear the mind and that's part of it you have to oh, be able yeah. to soak it in. that's the other problem i have and that's why it takes me that i read it 10 times because I sit there trying to read, and my brain wants to go, hey, did you remember to do this later? And, and it's like it's, yep. it's hard to keep that out. But You know, in, in high school, we went through um, a, an after-school deal with my church, my doctrine. It's called seminary, right? Mm -hmm. And we would go every morning and sit for an hour or two and go over the Old Testament, New Testament, whatever you and I remember thinking, you know, going over this stuff, you know, the, 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 the teachers of these classes were, were very well-versed, literally, and, 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 and good at teaching what the verses mean and, and, the, and the word means. But I found myself getting lost in it, even just hearing it, going over it in a group of people. What I found personally, uh, which a lot of Christians will attest to, I think, is you have to have that one-on-one -on -one time with your scriptures where it's like totally quiet, mm -hmm. no distractions. You know, and, and we're not doing that. We're just here on this platform. But what we're what we're trying to accomplish is stop talking about it and read it. Right. Just read it, and then y'all go back and, and do it on your own. Read it again. If we cover three to five chapters, go back and read three to five chapters, just like you would with any Sunday school that you find online or or a church on TV or in, sitting in a pew somewhere. You know, uh, you have to you have to study it on your own as well. Um, we are by far not going to have the answers in these mm. sessions. <laughs> We're going to have more questions than answers. Yeah. So well, anyway, I, I back to it. I, like that verse 16, that's kind of concerning when I read it. Cause it says, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee. So what I'm getting is you're either against or for, and if you're kind of in the middle, well, you're still considered the people with that's against. You know what I'm saying? You're either that's, four or you're not. See, I'm, is, I'm on the same page with you, literally. I, I felt the same way when I read that. So that brings me back to a conversation with my brother I had where he said he believes 
but he can't put full force into like he can't put both feet in the door because what if not then i missed out on fun i'm like well it don't work that way you're either in or you're out you can't step half in and say well at least I, they can't shut the door on me my foot's in the door you know what i'm saying is he well let's talk about him for a minute if is he in your opinion is it because he doesn't fully understand the word or hadn't had the the discipline to dive into it to gain a stronger testimony of faith i don't think he is that where he's at i don't think he's ever dived into it one but i think he's like a lot of people this is my now i could be wrong it's just an opinion keep in mind what i believe of most if not all atheists the reason you don't want to believe is because there's a lot of things that are considered sin or that you shouldn't do that people want to do they enjoy it right like my brother, I, I actually likes, agree with that. Yeah, he likes his drinking. He likes certain things, and whereas if he fully believes, he should not be doing that, and he doesn't want to miss out on all that fun if it was for nothing and it wasn't real the whole. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, the, so the 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 premise of uh, life is too short hasn't hit him mm -hmm. because it is short. Even if you live yeah. to be 100 years old, that is that is a drop in the bucket to but there's span a scary of time. aspect of that because because life's short, people are so focused on that little piece it's i always bring back this one thing i've seen where those guy was on stage and he was ministering i would guess you would say and he he gave a great example he had a piece of rope and it went clear across the stage and behind the curtains like it just goes on forever and at the end of the rope that he was holding he just painted a little bit of white he said this little white right here this is the, your average 80 years you live this you should not be worried about it's like what about all this that just goes on forever after that Right? So that's concerning. You're so worried about that little bit you might miss out on and that, but that little bit of what you do right there is going to decide what the rest of your eternity is. Like, how, that seems like a little bit of a scary, what's the, like, gamble. Right? I agree. No, I agree with you. Sorry, y'all. That's my, my son running around. I apologize. I'm, I'm babysitting. Too, okay. So. I got my bloodhound running in there like a nut. <laughs> well, we're, we're real, right? We're people. We're real. So we have, right. I had to step in and check on him. See what's going on with him. What's up, bud? He's uh, what I call awesome autistic. So for those that don't know. But anyway. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Nick. I mean, it, it's, it goes back to what I was saying. That you, you're running out of, you're running out of time if you keep putting it off and that's that's the i think that's the whole premise of of, of fellowshipping and gospel preaching is to to help people realize the urgency and i admit i i haven't been um prompt in my life to try i mean i was raised christian since birth and baptized at early age and was taught um, Christianity through a, a specific doctrine, uh, LDS, up until I was old enough to say I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> like a lot of people do, they they yeah. get they they get well, they feel like they get their off. own. Yeah, they get their opinions formed because they become young adults and then adults, and life kind of catches them in a, a a ripple effect, and you don't ever seem to get back to shore and grounded and say, hey, this is what. You know, it's tough to do that and uh, right. still doing it. And 
time is short though. Life is short. And mm-hmm. as far as your brother, I would hope that those earthly things would be, um, become non-existent compared to the fear of not understanding God's word and being a, a servant of the Lord eventually. I mean, look, you're never going to know, you're never going to know everything that has to, has to do with the gospel. You never, we never will. We can have a really strong uh, belief based on a massive amount of information that we believe in, but we're never going to know everything. But the point is to learn as much as you can before your time is up. Absolutely. So that's why we're here. What about it? Finish, finish chapter three? Yep. And have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him, and will sup with him, and he with me. That Linda, yep, she closed the door on you, man. Went totally against what we were talking about. Open thy door, Linda. (laughs) To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Uh So interesting. So interesting first three chapters. Basically, this, you know, I get a lot of of, a big feeling of a strong feeling of Jesus in a father like stance situation with John saying, look, I'm laying down the law and there's no gray area here. Right. You've got to. This is this is the revelation at hand. This is me telling you. It's either this or that. Okay. And, and everybody needs to know that, mm-hmm. you know, he's bearing, he's being super specific. I mean, especially when you're talking about the hot, the hot, lukewarm and cold, that's very specific. It's like, you know, there's no, there's no middle ground here. No, I kind of feel like uh, from 16 on to the end, he's pretty much saying like what you just said, he's laying it out. Yeah. Yeah. What do y'all think? And that that this right here makes me appreciate more the the times that I've sat in different churches, different denominations, and the the passion behind the the gospel um, servant, whether it's a preacher, a pastor, bishop, whoever's given the sermon. Whoever's given the talk, whoever's explaining <clears throat> maybe how they interpret the scripture at the time, there's always passion behind it. Oh, yeah. And that's Jesus has got that same passion. And I think that's I can appreciate it more. Um, I thought and, and sometimes I thought it was very theatrical, almost 
in a way to just like we were talking off air the fear um try to put fear in the congregations fear in a, a group of people um and, and, and there may be some situations honestly that that occurs in fact i know there are i've i've i've, I've known a few but been been present for a few but fear was the great motivator but to me passion should not be misconstrued as fear right when you're when someone's teaching something when you're when you're when you're being taught a certain thing about the gospel it could be portrayed that way obviously but if it is then you have to search inside your own heart why do you fear what this this person is saying is there something within you that makes you fear it? Is there a guilty conscience? That kind of thing, you know? I think a lot of times, in my opinion, it would come back to a guilty conscience, the things you know you've done, and now you got to worry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people have sat. There, there are probably more people that have sat in different denominations in a pew, you know, listen to a sermon, than not. I think there, I think it's a rarity to where you have a person that only goes to one doctrine an entire life. That being said, you could argue that from time to time when you're sitting in these different churches, let's just say churches, and you're listening, you may have a profound um, epiphany, uh, maybe a big effect on you for what they're saying because you're going through something in your life and it resonates very well with you, very deeply. And there may be times where you're just sitting there and it's like not feeling anything. Yeah. It doesn't mean that the person giving the sermon or, or the, the whatever y'all call it, I, I would call it sermon, but the person giving the sermon isn't genuine or passionate. It just means it's not connecting with you at that moment. You know, um, I've had a lot more connect connective type um, situations where I receive that, that point or that part of the gospel than I haven't. That's a good thing. So it resonates with me. I'm, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a little more open when I'm, when I'm at a not a, a denominating church. Or how do you say this? A church that I'm not, wasn't raised in, that my core belief is in. I feel good about that. I'm an open-minded person. You know, you know that. Maybe yeah. people out in the audience doesn't, but I'm very open-minded when it comes to theology and, and religion, um, just because I want to learn all the possibilities of the truth. And I know that that sounds weird. There's only one truth. I get that. I know people are gonna say there's only one truth. That's that's true to a point, but the fact that we were given free agency to decide on our own and make our own choices makes what I said more true. Perception is nine tenths of the confusion. All right. And unless you have a well rounded, broad origin of information and knowledge, how can you actually say that you have vetted out all possibilities of truth right not only that but you're saying there's only one truth yeah but whose is the one truth that's right right how do you know which one yeah right because if, you if, have to if, find if, it if everybody had the same truth what well, then why is there all these different denominations right so now we sound now have... we sound non-believing but that's okay because well, no that's... i'm not non-believing i'm just saying when you talk about if anybody says there's only one truth, well, yeah, we know that, but what is the one truth? Because there's how many did I, I wonder how many there actually are right now. And they all to an extent teach and understand the same things, but they have their parts that they either believe or don't believe, or they see differently. Right. Yeah. That's why there's a whole different denomination. Cause they don't believe this part of it that that denomination's teaching. So how do you, how do you know who is actually right in the end? 
I mean, technically, I, if you want to go by that, you'd have to say technically Catholic would be because they're the very first of the Christian churches. Wouldn't they be the ones that know? But you well, when, you, when, you, when you're talking about when you for years, but when you're talking about, and this is not to discount Catholicism at all, but when you're talking about first in line, we have learned throughout mankind when you talk about science that the first does not always mean the, the correct. You know, like we, yeah. So with with Catholicism being the first, we did a little research before this, y'all, and and we found out a few things about Jesus and the connection to John, and I mean, a uh, connection to Peter, Saint Peter, and then him being the first pope or bishop of the Catholic Church. Right. So it all it it kind of the church actually was developed as most of y'all probably know, um, while Jesus was living, in essence, right? So. But that, in that respect, it is the most "quote unquote" accurate of denominations. However, those things can be perverted. Right. That's the what accuracy I'm so can over be changed. The years, yeah. It's like the simple fact of, like I said, the popes over the years have changed how you say the Our Father. Something that simple, but it's something that's changing. So that's but, why I but say every, at this every... point. Go ahead. At this point. Who knows who where the truth lies? So if you look at all denominations and we're all reading together, it seems to me you're going to figure something out. I think that's why this approach that we, we're uh, attempting with this platform is so interesting because we're not we're not saying our opinion or our learned perception of the gospel, the Christian gospel, is the only way. We we're Nick and Mary and I are always going to say this is the way we see it this is the way we right. interpret it. that's our point we're wanting to see the differences and 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 how they are actually connected we just refuse to see it because we don't know the other side of it well not only that so let's just say you already said yours so basically ferris is lds i was raised roman catholic mary is church of christ mm -hmm. so not only are we going to see things we might have learned differently or whatever but we're going to see just how much it's the same in the end Right. Yep. And I, I got to say, too, being being now that we are, by definition, all three, like basically non-denominational because we haven't been um, active in our prospective doctrines in a while. It gives us a unique perspective to, to be able to come together and talk about this, I think. I think that's that was the biggest thing for me. Is, yeah, it's a good idea because I'm not in a place where I would I would not really be forced, but I would be inclined to say, no, I don't believe that. This is really how it is. Right. I don't want to be, I don't want to be the quote unquote missionary of the LDS. I don't think you want to be the, the, the deacon of, of the Catholic church to try to, you know, whatever. I don't know how it goes. No, but in the last couple of years, I would say since the pandemic, especially because then I stopped going to church for a while when everything was closed and the things I'm seeing, the things I'm learning, the way that today is going, I have, I'm still Catholic. You know, I love, I, I love the church that I go to. I love that church, the whole feeling of it and everything. But I have stepped back in all different things I've heard and seen going on to where I want to learn it in a sense of how, like I've been saying, like the apostles did before there was denominations, right? Mm -hmm. Like I want to really delve in and actually understand it through However, different if it's like we're doing with different denominations, we all see how we, we've each learned it. But without bias of 
like say your church saying this is how we see it and this is how you're going to understand it like i'm free to try to understand it in another way does that make sense <laughs> yeah well we're on the same page we're we're, we're, yeah. we're discussing this for the um, for the benefit of the viewers so you know i mean if y'all have if y'all have concerns or questions about the way we're the route we're taking with this that's fine let us know yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, we're we have our core beliefs, and so were you. If you're writing or writing back or listening to this sh this this segment, this well, I don't even know if you call it a show. We decided to record. Say, hey, let's do this for somebody's sake that's interested. Um, our goal is not to uh, direct or demonize away from or to any doctrine specifically. We're just curious to see. We're taking this more of a scientific approach, studying, analyzing, try to understand better. And not sitting there in every scripture and stopping and saying, this is what it says. You better do it. You better adhere to it, blah, 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 blah. We want, that's why we're showing you on the screen so y'all can see it yourselves that we're not powder coating or adding to or whatever, right. other than our own personal opinion, which helps us to understand each other as people. Exactly. Cool stuff, man. Yeah, I like it. I think we're in a good role here. Yeah. I feel kind of weird kind of taking a co-host reins on this. I didn't mean that to happen, but it's kind of no, cool. It's fun. Was, no, I'm like the brand. Like it. <laughs> like, you know, like, comment, share. <laughs> the thing. <laughs> no, really, if y'all got a comment, you know, this is the laid back thing, you know, just, um, I'm, I, I actually really, I'm really interested in the, the atheism part of denominations and stuff. You know I mean? I, I have had so many friends that were, were self-prescribed, self-dedicated atheists. And the conversations that I have with them are so deep. It's almost like, you know more about Christianity than I do. You and, know, yeah, and that yeah, is, a lot of them, it seems like they really know it. It's like, you they know do, an and that, a lot about it a, to not want to believe it. For me, that's a big attaboy their, their way because they've had more inclination to, to research Apparently, the goal is to dispel. I get that, is to, you know, denounce, to prove wrong through science or whatever they believe is the, the catalyst for proving Christianity wrong. And that's their life. That's their choice. I don't, I don't judge them for that. I think it's really, very interesting. It's good to have opposition because then you can research and find the truth to oppose that opposition. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think that I, I give you all a little secret, atheists. Y'all's work, y'all's dedication to opposing Christianity or even just dispelling it or whatever y'all want to say um, has actually Done ignited more Christians to find out the truth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's a, it's a back and forth cycle. And it's almost like saying the yin and yang of things. You need to have evil to have good. You need to have a base point of what's right or wrong to be able to figure that out. Well, exactly. I think that's to me, that's God's plan. Well, you also have to have it so you can understand each one, because if you have only good, you have no way to understand bad or why it's bad. Right. And don't be wrong, y'all. I'm not saying, I'm, I know I'm quoting this, I'm not saying atheists are evil. No. At all. I'm just saying there's a, there's a, it's a stark difference between Christianity. It's a believer and a non-believer. And, and honestly, there are a lot of, of, of decent argument, argumentative points from an atheist or agnostic that, that I can't, you know, in my current information amount i can't my knowledge i can't dispel i just have to okay that's cool i'm gonna look that up i'm gonna research <laughs> that you know um yeah. 
Uh, that's how, that's how I am. I'm not. I just this. We talked about this with Mary and Brandon, and there's just so many doctrines that that were, are really quick to say you're going to hell for that thought for that action. Yeah. There's no ifs ands or buts about it, and I and I know that God is a is a tough God, but He's a just God. And how can you be just if if 80% of your children through the span of time fall in that category of making a couple of mistakes that are so bad against a couple of denominations and they end up going to hell. That is the, I think one of the main reasons why people move away from God. Oh yeah. Or those, those, those manly actions, those human actions towards the judgments, I guess you'd say towards other people. It's just not right in my mind. It's not, to me, it's not God-like. It's not Jesus-like. It's not Christian. Right, I, I feel you. That's my ending thought, by the way. I'll shut up. <laughs> well, I, I I I was enjoying that verse. Yeah, got a good idea. I like I feel, this. We'll see where it like, goes. Yeah, I feel even better about the whole idea now. We got one under our belt. Mary. Well, happy Sunday! Seen. It is it is the Sabbath. If you believe Sunday's the Sabbath, some believe Saturday was, but you know, whatever. Sunday's traditionally in the United States anyway as the Sabbath. So now that you've watched, if you watch this on Monday, then shame on you. You ought to watch it on Sunday. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> doesn't matter. You know, research it, study yeah. it, pray about it, breathe it, live it. That's the only way you're really going to feel it. That's the only way. All right. Well, till we do this again. Yeah. Later. Later, guys.